to Unladylike Pod. Hello, I'm Shawnee. And I'm Christina. We're so glad that you're here for episode, it's kind of episode three, I guess, if you count the intro. Yeah. Episode three of season three. Take one. Yeah. Take one. I feel so, like I still feel like very stiff. Like this isn't coming as natural as it did, like towards the end of season two. So I, I hope that this is going to get better with time. I can feel Yeah. It. We're just getting back into it. We haven't been recording for how long? We had to figure out how to do half. this online. Yeah. Yeah, we did. Is so, that a year and a half or is that two years? November it's, 2021. It's two years and it's like two, years. two months. Yeah. Okay. Wow, that's crazy. Welcome crazy. back, everybody. If you're a new listener, welcome. This episode is going to be hard, but yes. I'm ready for it. Thanks for letting me, thanks for giving me a space to share my story, Shawnee. Of course, of course. So we did the the intro episode and Christina was talking about um, how she found out she was pregnant right after her honeymoon and got like a huge surprise that she was pregnant with twins. And so we're going to be talking about Augie and Frankie this episode. (gasps) Thanks for joining, guys. Um, Gosh, it's so hard to even choose where to start. Okay, so I know. First of all, I found out I was pregnant in late October, uh, right before my birthday, which was fun. I remember I went to Not Scary Farm with my friends, and I like thought I was gonna start my period, and I had like a tampon in my pocket, (laughs) and it just never came. Um, My tampon (laughs) fell on the floor at one point, and I was like, "Shoot, I need this!" And I like picked it up. All my friends saw it. Uh, Never, never came. Um, But I was in a lot of uh, pain because I was, uh, getting pregnant. So I won't tell you guys all those details. Nobody needs to know that. But (laughs) yeah, so that's when I became a little bit sus after not scary farm. And I took a test and it was positive and I called Shawnee and I was like, guess what? (laughs) It was so surprising because Christina's wedding just happened. She left like the day after to go on her honeymoon yeah. She had like this beautiful honeymoon and then she it was gets so back much and fun. it's like back to back, but it was just so exciting. Life changes. Yeah. yeah. So then I go to the doctor at like eight weeks, you go to the doctor for like a P test and then they're like, oh yeah, there's HGC, I think it's called, but they don't mm-hmm. actually give you an ultrasound until you're like 10 weeks or so. And so the lady's like, oh, please don't record because we need to make sure that there's a heartbeat. Which, thinking back on this now, once I, one day, if I ever have another baby, I don't think I'm going to tell people as quickly yeah. as I did, because I was like, look, positive pregnancy test, but, like, realistically, that doesn't mean a whole lot, like, the ba- mm-hmm. like there's a lot that could go wrong. Yeah. So, she puts the thing on me, on my stomach, and she's like, well, she's like, please don't record until we know that there's a heartbeat. Puts the thing on my stomach, and she goes, there's two And I was so shook to my core. Like, I really, I didn't think, I mean, I knew it was a possibility, but I was so shook. I was literally crying. I was so happy and excited. I was so excited. And I feel like a lot of people, when they find out that they're having twins, they're like scared or upset or like overwhelmed. No, I was so happy and excited. Like, I literally couldn't wait. And like people calling me after like, are you doing okay? Like, how are you? Don't be overwhelmed. It's okay. Uh, well, I wasn't <laughs> overwhelmed, but thanks. And then they put us in a different room after they take all the pictures and stuff. 
And the first thing, like a nurse said to us, she was like, oh my gosh, twins are the worst because when one's awake, the other's asleep. Like they never go to sleep at the same time. Like I just found out lady, can you be a little (laughs) bit nicer? Like, come on. So, and I also remember my first thought, I was like, I'm going to be huge. That was what I said (laughs) to the nurse. (laughs) So yeah, I found out I was having twins. And then I went to a, when I was like, I think 14 to 16 weeks, I went to a gender reveal place where they told us that we were having boys. Mm -hmm. And yeah, I was really sad. I remember literally getting in the car and being so sad. And Sherman was like, I know I really wanted a girl too, but this is our family and this is like what was meant to be. So we're really lucky to have two boys. So then a few days later, I had to go get a growth scan. It wasn't an anatomy scan. I think I was 18 weeks at the time. And the doctor specifically was like, you're not getting an anatomy scan. We just want to check the growth of the baby's like brains. Cause I'm, mm-hmm. uh, twins are high risk or make you extremely high risk. So I go and, um, I'm all alone. Sherman had to work that day and I'm getting scanned. It takes forever. Like a scan on one baby takes an hour. So they had to do double. And when they're giving you an ultrasound for two babies, they also bill you for ultrasound for two babies. Like, I didn't know that it cost $500 extra for you to move your arm from one side of my belly to the other. Right. Didn't know that, but now you all know. And I, the lady comes in, she's scanning the, both of the boys over and over. And then she's like, okay, I'll be right back. She comes back, she's scanning. And I was like, oh, can I record this so I can send it to my husband? So I start recording the screen and I was, she's asking me questions about my life, what we do for a living. Uh, I thought she was just being nice. And I remember telling her, oh, I just feel so lucky that I was able to get pregnant right away. Like some people can't even have babies and here I am with two. Like, I just feel so lucky. Yeah. Yeah. So then homegirl leaves, leaves me in there for like in the room for 45 minutes and I'm like, it, the chairs in the room are so uncomfortable. Like my yeah. belly's a little bit big. They make you lay on your back, which makes no sense because they tell you not to sleep on your back. I'm just mm-hmm. laying there like, can I leave? The lady comes back in. She's like, the doctor is still with the patient, but can I take more pictures? I'm just, and I'm not thinking anything's wrong. I'm like, yeah, of course. Yeah. But I'm like, it's been over an hour. Like, I think I sat in that room for at least two hours waiting for the mm-hmm. doctor. So then the doctor finally comes in and he says, uh, we have a problem with baby B's heart. I I forgot the exact words I posted on my Instagram. Um, he's like, his heart is looking very small and I don't know what's wrong with it because I'm not a fetal cardiologist, but there are options. If you don't want to go through with this pregnancy, you don't have to, you have a lot of options. Um, that's just He's so like, much you... to hear all at once. And I'm like, I don't even understand what you're saying. What do you mean yeah. his heart's too small? Like, I don't get it. I'm 14 weeks pregnant. I am an idiot girl. Like, I'm so sorry, sir. What are you even saying to me? Like, what does that mean? Oh, his heart's too small. Yeah. Can it grow? Like, yeah. <laughs> he's isn't not... it going to grow? And at that like, point, they're <laughs> like, so small, right? Yeah, like... it's like less than... When he's a baby, it's the size of like a walnut, I think. Wow. So... He's telling me that anything that I do could affect baby A. We're worried about baby B's heart. So I'm like, are you saying that the baby isn't going to make it? 
And mm-hmm. he was like, well, a lot of people, when they get this diagnosis, they don't want to move forward with this. It's a lot of a life change. And I'm just like, what the hell are you saying? Like, yeah. what does that mean? Like, like, these are the exact words that were said to me. And I'm like, does that make sense to anybody else? Probably not. If he had just yeah. said, oh, it, so then he said, oh, this is called single ventricle. And I have to refer you to chalk to get a full diagnosis, but it's not looking like his heart properly developed, Mm -hmm. I think is what he said. So I have no idea what the hell that means. I was just like, okay, okay. He's like, no, my name, I'm not even, I'm no point in blasting his name. My name is Dr. Blank and I know you're alone and I know that you're scared, but I'm here for you. This is my phone number. You can call me when you get home if you want me to explain this to your husband. Um, But I just want you to know that if you come back, Uh, we have options. We can, he said that he would inject, uh, only Frankie, baby B. Mm -hmm. He would inject him with something. They would give me something to eat. And then Frankie would stop developing and it shouldn't affect baby A. He'd walk me through the whole process of, I don't know if that's technically a DNC or if that's like an abortion essentially. Right. But I'm like, huh? Like I walked in, I was like, I walked in here like, oh, well, I remember even telling the receptionist, she was like, are you going to go natural or have a C-section? I was like, I don't care as long as they come out healthy. Like I'm totally fine. And then I'm telling the receptor or the ultrasound tech, oh, I'm, I'm so lucky. Uh, and then the doctor was like, psych. Like, yeah. Okay. And it's so So, much to hear all at once. Like all of these options he wants to give you all of these details. Like you don't know what I don't even understand. Yeah. Like, sir, I don't know what you're saying. Uh, I feel like I'm retelling this so poorly. No, you're um, not. You're doing really... Thank you. So then I leave. Right as soon as I walk out of the door, I just start bawling. Somehow I, d- I was completely composed. Mm-hmm. And I'm calling Sherman. I'm starting to talk to him. He's at work. He's get- He leaves work or goes backstage to talk to me. And... I get in the elevator, the phone call drops, like, cause I have to take, and I, I'm just freaking the F out. I sit in my car, I'm telling Sherman everything. And he's like, okay, let me see if I can come home. I am all the way in Irvine and I live in Fullerton and it is five o'clock because that guy made me sit there for two hours. So I'm like, what the hell is the point of going home? I can't drive right now. Yeah. So then I had called my mom and my mom had told me Uh, that she knew a pediatrician that she would talk to or a doctor, another child Mm -hmm. doctor that she would ask. And she was like, I don't really know much about this, but my brother has a friend that is a twin. She was like telling me how, so it's my, my brother's friend, but, uh, the moms are friends. So my mom and his mom are friends. And she was like, Oh, you know, this guy, he's a twin. His brother was stillborn. And I remember hearing that and it almost felt like a sign, like this baby yeah. didn't make it. Like, I just remember that very distinctively right. thinking like, I don't know, like my gut knew deep down that this, I don't know. So, um, I called Chalk Hospital and Dr. Doshi helped me. She was amazing. She was a, she was a fetal cardiologist as well as a pediatric cardiologist. And I sat and I had to get another ultrasound scan, a fetal echo. Mm-hmm. Um, like the same called. thing you just did? But just for hearts. Okay. So yes, I think they measure their brains as well, just to make sure the size is accurate. 
Um, but yeah, so just their hearts. It took like probably an hour and a half to scan both of them. And you get charged for both of them, by the way. Crazy. Even when I just go to my normal OB checkups and it takes her 30 seconds to scan yeah. each heart, you get charged for both uh, because you have twins. So we go to Chalk and Dr. Doshi gave us so much hope. And she said, this mm-hmm. is called single ventricle heart. It's uh, also referred to as HLHS. And essentially only half of his heart developed, but he would need three surgeries throughout his life. Uh, the first one being the Norwood. So there's three there. It's the Norwood, which happens right after birth, the Glen, which happens at three months, and the Fontan, which happens at around two, three years. Mm-hmm. I left that meeting... She was like the oldest living person with this lives to be six is like 60 or something mm-hmm. and they live in Orange County. And people live normal lives, they just can't go on roller coasters, which you know Sherman and I met working on a roller coaster, so that was a little right. bit sad, but I was like that's the least of my problems. Right. Um they have to take medication. Um uh, the beginning is really hard, but they go on to live full lives. Mm-hmm. So from this point and on I while I'm pregnant like- she was she the one who like drew you pictures and like all yeah. this stuff too like christina was sending it to me because like i didn't know anything about this and like she was telling me all this stuff and it was like she did make it seem very the doctor did make it seem very hopeful and like yeah which was better than the guy that was like this is how right. we would abort your baby like, exactly because at least you're seeing every possible outcome you know yeah so then I joined some Facebook groups with uh, about this condition, and I got a lot of hopeful responses, and that's how I connected with my other heart mom friend, Miranda. Mm-hmm. So Miranda's baby is named Harlow, and she was born, I think, two days after Augie and Frankie, and mm-hmm. she's already had her Glenn, and she's doing great. Uh, um, having someone else that was pregnant to talk through our fears and stuff was just so amazing. I'm so thankful for her friendship. If Frankie's life brought me... One thing, he brought me amazing friends and yeah. showed me who my real friends are. Right. So every month I had to go there. Each time I went, uh, okay, I'm so sorry. I'm just going to make this a venting session because each time I went there, I got billed $800 uh, for both, both Echoes. Why do they need to keep doing Augie's heart when we know yeah, that it's fine? Yeah, Augie is already established that he's fine. Like, stop yeah. doing his um, Echo. So... Yeah, it was honestly terrifying. Um, I and being pregnant was is already very lonely. Much less having a baby that you're not sure about their health. Yeah. Um, and I did stay very hopeful. We had two of everything. We still have two of a lot of stuff. Um, and then we found out that. Frankie would be transferred to UCLA. So I guess let's just get into after they're born because this is when things get. Being mm-hmm. pregnant is, like, a whole other thing in itself, so... Yeah. Uh, yes, I did get huge, as I said. Oh, I'm going to get huge. Yeah. Huge. I remember the day before they were born... Well, they were born on the 10th. I think on the 8th, I... They were born on the 10th, like, at 3 a.m., but on mm-hmm. the 8th, that night, I was FaceTiming you, and I sent you a picture. I was like, dude, look how big I am. Like... Yeah. <laughs> humongous. And, uh... And the rest like, of Christina, like, Christina's so... Like, your body frame is so petite, and then this gigantic stomach. Like, (laughs) I remember seeing this picture. She was wearing, like, this loose shirt facing, like, the right angle, 
And I was like, oh, it, Christina doesn't look, like, big at all. And then, like, I saw a different picture where she's, like, facing yeah. sideways. And I'm like, oh, my God, her stomach. The ones at my sister's graduation? Yeah. Those are insane. <laughs> <laughs> um, so then Augie and Frankie were born on June 10th at St. Joseph's, which is connected to mm-hmm. Chalk Hospital. So... This is, like, the craziest thing that... And this is a story I'm so tired of telling, so I hope that people are actually listening yeah. and stop asking me for these details. So Yes. Because I've told this story way too many times. Just refer them to the podcast, honestly. Yeah, please listen to my podcast. So... Okay, I'm not even going to talk about the C-section that I had because that was just awful. Maybe I can do a solo episode where I yeah. talk about that. If people want to know these dirty, gross details. I mean, they're not dirty and gross. Okay, I think that you guys should details. listen to these details, though, because when Christina told me, I was like, I had no idea that no, everyone having lies. a baby was like Everyone's this. like, it's, it wasn't that bad. Uh, yeah. I'm uh, sorry. Don't lie. <laughs> we know it was bad. Don't lie to me. Yeah. Uh, so... Yeah, that was a C, the C-section. I'll do my own little solo podcast, I think. Like, when we do our yeah. solo episodes about my birth story. Birth. So, they take... Essentially, they took Frankie and Sherman. They walked under the hospital to Chalk. And Frankie was admitted to Chalk while I was with Augie in uh, recovery and then in our room. Mm-hmm. And Sherman was so amazing through the whole thing. He, like, cut their umbilical cords. He walked to shock. He stayed with Frankie. And then he came over to meet Augie. And I think the next day... Well, that day, I was able to go see Frankie eventually, and I got to hold him. I got to be with him and Sherman. Uh, And then the next day, he was flown in a helicopter to UCLA, which I have videos of that, which are so beautiful, so I could see him flying Mm -hmm. away. And um, the team that took him was awesome. We got to meet all of them. One guy was like, oh, I have triplets. I think it was triplets. <laughs> so, um, he flies to UCLA. The next day was his Norwood surgery, which was his first of three surgeries. And uh, Sherman got to go before the surgery. I couldn't because I had a C-section. I had to stay in the hospital. And I yeah. was just in so much pain. And also, like, what were we supposed to do with Augie? Like, this was an argument yeah. that I had with the hospital a lot. Like, well, what am I supposed to do with my other baby? Like, mm-hmm. oh, you can't leave him with your mom? I'm so sorry. He's week old. Like, yes, I yeah. could leave him with my mom. And my mom would love to help. Like, yes. But, like, I'm. So, you want me to leave my child, like, that I just birthed? Like, no. Which is just, How like, am I supposed to feed I mean, him? luckily, your mom was there and all this and stuff. And my aunts. But, like, yeah, my sisters. What about, yeah. What about all these other people who, like, maybe they don't have family yeah. support. Maybe they live in a different state and can't come. Like, you're just depending on the fact that some other person's going to come. Like, are you kidding? Yeah. It was awful. So, yeah. So, from here, everything just kind of went downhill. So, Frankie had his surgery. Um, the doctor that did his surgery, uh, I'm not even going to say his name because he's a great guy. Okay, let me just get going. So, this doctor, let's call him Dr. Uh, Dr. John. Dr. John. So, Dr. John, he is amazing. He has great success rates he does this surgery on frankie and then dr john leaves for the day and frankie goes into cardiac arrest Mm -hmm. dr john is in the parking lot leaving going home to his family finds out that frankie went into cardiac arrest turns turns around comes back into the hospital 
to put Frankie on an ECMO machine, which was just amazing. Like he yeah. was, imagine you're leaving for the day and something happens and you have to turn around and go back to work. Yeah. Uh, that takes like a special type of person. Well, I mean, right. being a heart surgeon obviously is a special type, but I yeah. was just so in awe and I just couldn't believe how many people, we had so many meetings leading up to this where I met him multiple times. But it was just crazy to me how many people cared about my baby's life before he was even born. And then when he's here, yeah. all these people cared. Um, but he's staying at UCLA. So then he gets put on an ECMO machine. And an ECMO machine is essentially life support for your heart. And it is only meant to be on it for... You're only meant to be on it for a few days. Mm-hmm. So from here, everything just kind of went downhill. Uh, every time they tried to take him off of this ECMO machine, he would go back into cardiac arrest. And... His kidneys went into failure as well. Um, There's a lot more terrible details that I could get into, but essentially Frankie's heart was weak and he did not actually have HLHS like we thought. He had Mm -hmm. HRHS, which means that the left side of his heart didn't develop. And yes, so, wait, I'm sorry. The right side of his heart didn't develop. He had the right, he had the left side. And the left side is stronger. It's the part of the heart that you want. However, his aorta was transposed, meaning that his aorta is supposed to go into the right side. It was going into the left. Uh So his heart was just extremely complex, too, along with all of this. And his little body just wasn't strong enough to keep fighting. It was extremely traumatic. Um, We spent many days just sitting there watching him get worse and worse. And... We had amazing nurses there, so... Because at this point, you are you were able to start visiting Frankie and seeing Yeah, him, so right? I was able to see him at, like, day five, I think, day mm-hmm. four, um, and we would go all day, and we would spend all day there, and it was, it was awful, honestly, because he wasn't awake. He was... Uh, uh, they had him sedated and paralyzed because his chest mm-hmm. is open with cords going into it, um, and that would be scary for an adult, much less a baby. So no, he wasn't even awake. Um, we had some amazing nurses, some nurses that were all right. Uh, There was one nurse named Nick that really helped us through this entire experience. And another one named Emily that was so kind. Um, if it wasn't for nurse Nick, I feel like I, that would have been so, it would have been 10 times more traumatic than it already was. So thank you to nurse Nick. Um, so then we eventually start getting into the talk of heart transplant and, this is where Dr. John, I don't even, I can't even put it into words. So Dr. John was giving us hope that I felt like was false. He was saying mm-hmm. that the oldest living person with a heart transplant that had HLHS and was in the same condition, they were in their thirties. Mm-hmm. Okay. A heart transplant only lasts 10 years. Yeah. Only 80 per, no, it's 80% of children that need a second heart transplant do not get it. They do yeah. not get a second heart transplant. Um, eventually, Frankie wasn't even a candidate for a heart transplant. So this mm-hmm. conversation was kind of low, like for nothing. But Dr. John was essentially saying that his heart, like he was going to have a better quality of life if he had this heart transplant. But it just felt like I was getting so much false hope. Yeah. Um, the reason I had brought up my friend Miranda earlier is because her doctors were kind of doing the opposite where they were like giving her all the negatives Mm -hmm. and 
I felt like mine were only giving me the positives. And I don't really yeah. know which is better, which is worse. Um, or maybe I shouldn't have been looking up statistics online at all. But I just, ugh, when I saw that, like, uh, when you have a heart transplant, it'll, it'll make it 10 years. Like, yeah. how was I supposed to process this? Like, so traumatic, so like, terrible. It wasn't like 10 years that he was going to be able to go out and live a normal life, right? Like, he would still have point, daily medication. Yeah. Uh, normal is a very relative term. And also yeah. it's hard to like, it's hard when he would have a twin brother that could do everything that he couldn't, right. like limitations and stuff. And this was all stuff that I had processed before. Um, right. Uh, it was just insane, honestly. Like, I just can't believe that this is something that we went through. And eventually he passed away on June 30th. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm thankful for the time that we did have with him. And I'm thankful for the people that brought that came into our lives because of him. Um, but yeah, I just have a lot of questions about the world, about God, about yeah. our health care in yeah. the United States of America. Like, yeah. Like, I remember sitting there thinking I wouldn't wish this on my worst enemy. Like, I, mm-hmm. I feel like we would drive to UCLA and I was like, we are in our own personal hell. Like, like, I don't even know how else to explain this. And Sherman was so amazing through everything. We made these, dis- any decision we had to make about Frankie, we made it together and about Augie, like, who's he going to stay with? We had to wake up every two hours at one point to feed Augie because he had uh, jaundice. Mm-hmm. And I remember the nurses telling me how serious this jaundice was, and it felt like I couldn't even hear, th- hear them because, like, yeah, I, how can I be so, so, so concerned about my baby that's fine? I mean, a jaundice is serious. But then I have a baby that's, like, organs are shutting down at a different facility. Like, right. It was awful. And... I think in the moment, like, you see your trauma, but you see it even more worse later. Like, we went to a party for someone that was leaving Apple, and we took Augie, and one of the Sherman's coworkers was like, oh, you guys had twins, right? Where's the other one? And it was, like, Mm -hmm. looking into our stroller. And I'm just like, (laughs) yeah, I did have twins. Thanks. (laughs) And I feel like that, based off of what you've told me, like, obviously everything that you had to go through was so hard, but the fact that so many people feel like it's their business to kind of be like, oh, what happened? Oh, what happened? Like, you're literally yeah. at a wedding and people are asking you what happened. Like, oh my gosh, which that was kind of my own fault. I was drinking and I was at a <laughs> wedding and someone was asking me and I literally just started crying. Yeah. Yeah. But it's because you're trying to process this. Like, it's so Yeah, hard. like, why are you still asking me about this when you know I've been drinking, sir? Yeah. I blame that guy. Yeah. But, like, also, I shouldn't have been crying at somebody's wedding. Oh, but that's it's so not embarrassing. Your like, you're, you're trying to yeah. work through everything. And I'm sorry, like, yeah. Like, what am I supposed to do? It's not like I'm crying because I'm, like, drunk and lonely at a wedding, you know? Yeah. Like, I'm t- yeah. somebody asked me about my son a who traumatic event, died. Yeah, but, yeah, yeah. like... And I remember walking out, like, there was a moment I was walking out of UCLA with Augie. I was pushing the stroller with Augie, and Sherman was next to me, and I was like, 
this is our family now. Like it's the three of us and Mm -hmm. we have to live with this for literally the rest of our lives. Um, there was this one girl who I barely know on the internet, um, sent me her positive pregnancy test. She was like four weeks. And I'm like, would you be sending this to me? I am a stranger to you. Would you be sending this to me if I didn't have Augie? And I have another friend whose baby also had passed away of HLHS. And I was telling her about it. Like, I feel like sometimes people treat me differently because I have Augie. And she doesn't have an Augie. Like, you know, she doesn't have a twin. And she's like, no, that's messed up. Like, people shouldn't be... Like, even though you're happy about Augie, you still have to go through all of this loss with Frankie. Like, yeah, it can be two things at the same time. Yeah, it's a loss that Augie has to deal with, and he doesn't even know what it is yet, you know? Like, we spent a lot of time after Frankie, I spent a lot of time after Frankie passed away, like, thinking that when Augie would cry for no reason, that it was him crying because he knows that Frankie's not there. And, like, I don't know if that's true, but it's something that I was thinking about a lot, like, when Augie would cry. You know, I, I feel like, I remember us talking about that, and I feel like to a point it is, though, because he's so used to being with somebody, like, yeah, from the beginning, you know? And Augie, like, loves being strapped onto you or cuddling and stuff like that, I feel like it could be. Yeah. You know? And I guess I will never know, but for right now, so... Um, I asked UCLA to hold on to Frankie's DNA so that we could, um, test if they're fraternal or identical twins. And so that's something that is in the process of, we're working on getting them tested. And yeah, just lots of back and forth with the doctors. It'll be fun to see if they're fraternal or identical. It will, because I feel like when Augie and Frankie were born, they look similar, but not completely alike yeah and now that augie's gotten older he really just looks like frankie <laughs> like yeah they look exactly alike it's so weird yeah and gosh i i'm really excited and um for augie's future yeah and i know that this will only make him stronger uh yeah. but also so after frankie passed away i had to take i had to figure out like what we were going to do if we were going to cremate him or whatever Mm-hmm. Um, so we called Rose Hills, which is a local, well, not local, I guess it's in like Whittier, Pico Rivera mm-hmm. area. And which is where my grandma is buried and your other family is too, right? Yeah. I have a lot of family there. So we, yeah. s- they essentially sent him there and then they're going to cremate him. Right. Mm-hmm. Tell me why this bill is like $5,000. And then it says, oh, if for children under 12 years old, a 75% discount is applied. Isn't that just terrible? Yeah. Like, I... I was just in utter shock. Like, I... I can't believe it. The whole entire scene for... I don't know what you would even call it. Death. You know what I mean? Like, it's so... Everything that goes into it is so horrible. And the fact that they make a business out of it. And even Rose Hills. Like, they want to make it seem like the most beautiful place that you could go and... But, like, just... you walk in the room, and then, like, I walked in this room. They're like, I just want to offer you my condolences. Yeah. Thanks. Okay. 
Like, what the hell? And then they and also you know didn't that tell they me... don't really care. Like, no, they don't mean no, it. No, it's okay. Like, please. Oh, my God. So then we go to pick up his urn, and they, like, had it on display in this room with, like, a bunch of chairs. And yeah. I was like, well, had I known this, I, I was wearing, like, bright blue shorts and a t-shirt. Like, just give me the freaking urn. Like, I, can't I don't want to do this. I tell you. That's crazy. It was just awful. And I... Yeah. I don't know. I hope no one else in my life has to deal with this. I wish that nobody had to deal with this at all. Um, but I, and I that's not to say that I wouldn't have given... Like, the whole point of this is that we wanted to give Frankie a chance because you never know if their hearts are strong enough mm-hmm. yet. Um, I told you about my friend whose baby's still here. I have mm-hmm. another friend that I met on TikTok whose baby is about to turn two, I think. He has HLHS. Like, he's doing well. Like, the whole point is that we wanted to give him a chance at life. And yeah. we did that, and it didn't work. Mm-hmm. Like, if I could go back, I still would let him live the 20 days, you know? Yeah. Definitely. So, yeah, I've had some crazy things said to me since this has happened. Someone messaged me the other day and was like, I hope that you know that this was nothing you did wrong. Mm-hmm. I was like, thank you, I did know that, but yeah. now I kind of wonder, okay. Uh, but Did you know that the whole yeah, time? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Uh, but I guess I, I don't really know what the end is. Like, I wish that this was, like, a happy ending story, but, like, uh, at the end of the day, it's not. And I don't yeah. really know. I mean, it hasn't even been a year yet at this point. Um, no. Do you feel like you have any advice for people who are, like, going through the same thing that you went through or a similar thing? Um, gosh, I feel like learn, learning how to stand up for your child is extremely important. And also understanding the full scope of what it means to have a congenital heart defect Mm-hmm. Daily medication, a feeding tube. I don't know. Like, what your actual, what your time in the hospital is going to be like. How long are you going to be in the hospital? What are your odds of survival? Like, asking yourself the realistic questions. Because I feel yeah. like I didn't do that. And also, I don't know. Like, I, I didn't know what questions to ask. Yeah. And it's hard. Like, having a friend to talk to as well that's going through the same thing is really important, I think. Because I had yeah. Miranda to text when, I don't know, people said things to me or I was feeling sad or concerned. Like, she literally knew exactly what I was going through. Yeah. And we were, I remember she even told me, um, like, yes, her husband gets it. And yes, Sherman got it. But, like, it's so different when you're the one making the baby, you know, yeah. when you're the one that's pregnant. It's so different when you're the mom. So I would say find a friend if you can. Um Yeah, and I don't know. I guess I don't know yet. But I will offer more advice when this episode comes out on our Instagram, I guess. Yeah. Thanks for letting me share Frankie's story. Of course, of course. Frankie and Augie, they're so sweet. And, like, I'm yeah. just, I'm just 
so glad that like you're able to share this like I know it's hard but yeah and I know like sometimes I have thoughts that I don't know I would only tell Sherman like when I get angry or I get upset like just things that fleeting thoughts I think where it's like Mm -hmm. this makes sense right now with my emotions but tomorrow it probably won't um so I'm thankful to have a supporting partner yeah I think that's really important when going through any hard medical diagnosis so Mm -hmm. and I just want to thank nurse Emily and nurse Nick and there was another nurse whose name I keep forgetting at chalk who so when Frankie was at Chalk and me and Augie were at St. Joseph's, she went out of her way and called a million different people to get authorization to get Augie from St. Joseph's to Chalk yeah. so that they could be together and take pictures. She had to call security at both hospitals. She had to call the head nurses of both hospitals. She had to call minors. Like she had to call all these people and get it approved from all these people, and she did that. I wish I remembered her name. Sherman remembers her name. But that was just the most amazing thing anyone could have done with for us because those are the only photos that we have of them two together where they look yeah. good. Like, they look healthy and good. Yeah. <clears throat> That's so amazing. Um, you know, those pictures are the, just the sweetest. Like, getting yeah. to see them together is just so sweet. Yeah, and I, I'm so thankful that she did that for us so if i remember her name i'll post it on instagram too yeah um yeah thank you guys all for listening um please don't message me asking me a million questions because i had someone recently send me some really rude questions that quite frankly were just none of her business so yeah um, if you have questions uh google it google it please (laughs) uh yeah, but super thankful for Frankie's life, for Augie's life. It makes me appreciate life a lot more. Mm-hmm. And super excited to be back here on the Unladylike podcast. So thanks for giving me a place to share my story. This will probably come up in future episodes too, so. Yeah, this is the only time. So yeah, we will see you guys next Monday. Um, sorry this is ending on a heavy note, but... Thank you guys for listening. Yeah, thank you guys. And thank you, Christina, for sharing. Bye.